What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. So today we get to sit down uh, with Jared and Peter, founders and owners of Naptown Fitness, uh, which also heads up Naptown Nutrition, CrossFit Naptown, Naptown Swift, and Practice Indie Yoga. So they kind of run through the middle of everything they're involved in. They're doing a lot of great things uh, for the city and community and really running uh, a well-sounding business. Uh, they're doing a lot of different things, getting into a lot of uh, different areas so they're not pigeonholed and that's one of the strategies that they go through of starting a, a business as an entrepreneur is strategizing especially when you plan to grow uh, and then they kind of go through their background and how they started um, to get to that point of opening a CrossFit gym they have known each other for a long time and they just really seem to complement each other well with what they're doing uh, so Tim what do you think about our conversation with Jared and Peter yeah, I enjoyed talking with both of them. You can you can tell that they're very passionate about what they're doing. Um, they got a good head on their, on their shoulders, and they're very flexible with the environment around them as entrepreneurs, which is a necessity for an entrepreneur. Uh, so they talk about their their backgrounds before starting this business. They used to work for PlayStation, a very interesting job that allowed them to travel and provide them. Uh, unique tools to allow them to be successful as entrepreneurs. And then I also enjoyed talking with them about just how they pivoted their business. Like initially they were just CrossFit, but also getting into uh, the fitness aspect, not not going in a specific niche, diversifying their business. So I enjoyed describing the process behind that. And then they also talk about how they're pivoting their business for uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the cool things they're doing with virtual classes and just the way the whole market's moving anyway, and how they were, um, how they set themselves up for something like this, which allowed them to be successful in a time like this. So I really think it was an interesting interview. I think a lot of people, especially people who are interested in fitness, you, you're gonna find this interview really cool. So uh, I, I know you're gonna enjoy it. And so without further ado, enjoy this episode with Jared and Peter from Naptown Fitness. Yeah, nice to meet you both. Appreciate you guys uh, joining us today. For sure. We usually like to do the in-person, but circumstances. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm actually, I don't, are you guys familiar with the Drink Culture podcast? Uh, yeah. yeah, we've seen their stuff. Yeah, so I'm one of the co-founders and co-hosts of that as well. Oh, super cool. So really? we, uh, we've had to switch and transition to online Zoom calls as well and bought a Zoom account to make these, you know, a little bit better and so forth. So um, we, in fact, we have one tonight that we're doing. So it's been, okay. been an interesting time. Yeah. How have you guys, uh, how's that transition been? You seeing any dips or anything or still doing fine I, with it? Uh, doing pretty well with it. We, in fact, we launched a YouTube uh, show as well that we're doing live, kind of like a 30 minute segment, YouTube live uh, with Drink Culture to talk to different business owners about uh, the pandemic and COVID and how that's affected them. Um, and Fabian, who's uh, also the co-founder of it and does a lot of the, co or a lot of the hosting, has kind of taken it all on as his, as his main project during this time. Nice. Yeah. It's, uh, we don't have video all the time, so we've talked about it, but it's nice yeah. to now have video we can use for clips and highlight reels and things like that. So for sure, uh, definitely inspiring some different motivations for after it's all said and done to add some things and put new things in the business too. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, if you guys uh, just kind of want to go through a little background, like I said, my email, uh, Tim and I will do a little intro after this, then we'll put it towards the front and then send you guys everything uh, before we release it. So if there's anything that you all want changed, 
uh, we're happy to do so. But yeah, we just kind of like to keep it raw, conversational, anything goes. So we've had some people really fly off the handle and <laughs> others a little more conservative, but it's all good. So Perfect. So I guess uh, starting out, how'd you guys, how did you guys kind of find each other? Have you been lifelong friends, started with business, uh, and then why uh, CrossFit gym specifically? And how's that been going? Yeah, we have unfortunately been friends since we were like five years old. <laughs> <laughs> we played college, uh, we grew up uh, playing sports together, uh, ended up in the same junior high, same high school. Um, kind of avid all around sports guys, but then found soccer to be more of our calling, um, especially as high school went on. And then we both actually got recruited to IUPUI and got to play soccer at the collegiate level at IUPUI. And we both thought that we knew what we were trying to do, right? As many college kids do going into college. And after about a year or so, we both pivoted to business school um, for different tracks. And we found ourselves in the Kelly School of Business and then through that, we ended up finding, thinking we needed to go in the corporate world and climbing our way through a corporate ladder. Although Jared was much more of a tinker growing up, he always thought that we needed to like create the next widget. And uh, he was always trying to like think of things, but he didn't have any actual like computer <laughs> skills or tech skills at the time. So he, he, I think he was way ahead of the app world, but he just didn't know how to create an app and never, <laughs> never did. Got it. So finally, just through jobs and a couple of years in corporate uh, America, Jared uh, finally was like, we need to go open a CrossFit gym. And I had been doing CrossFit, met my now wife doing CrossFit up in Chicago, living in Chicago for a while. And Jared has some interweaving woven parts of that story where he was living in St. Croix and a semi-professional pro poker player and stuff. And I'll let him build on that. <laughs> yeah, we're um, going to build on some things. Just slip those in there. <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was pretty cool. I mean, we were fortunate that uh, I think many entrepreneurs don't realize the impact of having a real corporate job and how that can develop you for future entrepreneurship. And even now when we hire younger employees, sometimes we're like, man, if they just knew what the corporate world was really like, they would have a different mindset and different mm -hmm. things. Yeah. So uh, those jobs out of school were really beneficial to get us to where we are and really we found CrossFit because we always had a passion in sports and we always stayed with fitness even after we graduated and our high school track coach was just he'd make us push cars and flip tires and run stadiums do all sorts of weird stuff in high school mm -hmm. so when we found CrossFit and really the basis of CrossFit is constantly varied like be able to do anything and that's basically how we grew up in our sports world uh, so then once we've heard of CrossFit specific uh, and it was time to open a gym or trying to do something as an entrepreneur. We thought opening a gym was our best opportunity. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's all Jared uh, filling all the blanks. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure Tim and Jared can attest to this too, but doing the corporate stuff. Cause like we've been there where it's like, this can't be it, you know, yeah. but you, it, it's really easy to find all the things you really don't like to do, but then it, it comes to like, okay, that's just as important. So I know I don't want that. I don't want this. And then it can kind of, oh, how do I find what I want to do? Well, find what you hate first. Is For usually sure. like, I'm good at learning it the hard way. So, uh, yeah, Jared, there's some blanks to fill in, professional poker playing. Yeah, I want to hear all about it. I would consider it more like <laughs> online amateur poker playing. Um, yeah, so as Peter mentioned, we've, we've known each other since we were, you know, five, six years old. Um, and then growing up from Maryville, Indiana, so we're from the region. So we're originally from Indiana. It's always funny because – 
you know, living here, calling Indianapolis home, you know, setting so many visions around Indianapolis and making Indianapolis a better place mm. for us as well as for our kids is something we're super passionate about. But if you take it full circle back 30 years ago, 20 years ago, like Peter and I, I don't know about Peter, but like, like we were always against Indianapolis. So it was always like the region versus Indianapolis. I'm a sheriff. Um, we'd guy, always have to come. You. We'd always have to come down here for state championships and for, you know, White River State Cup back in soccer way back when. So it's always interesting. Now this is what I call home being Indianapolis. But uh, as you mentioned, you know, we're, you know, went to the same high school, recruited the same college, play soccer. And then after Kelly School of Business, I went moved to Chicago and did exactly what you guys both talked about was worked for a logistics company and did inside sales for nine months and wore literally wore a headset, sat behind a computer and just cold called 80, 80 people a day and asking them about uh, freight shipping, like, you know, LTL, less than truckload and full truckload shipping. Yeah. You, you learn you learn quickly in nine months sitting behind a desk with a headset on like what you do like and what you don't like about a career. And that's when I was like, we, we got to make a change. I, I got to make a change. And at that time, Peter was actually working for a marketing company out of Chicago um, and traveled the country doing guerrilla marketing, experiential marketing uh, for PlayStation 3, which was super, super cool. We traveled wow. to, he traveled at that time to different air shows, uh, the X Games, um, wow. for all sorts of crazy events. MLB uh, All-Star, All-Star, MLB game. All-Star yeah, game. Yeah, so, Lollapalooza, Coachella. Yeah. And so he did that for an entire year while I was sitting behind a desk. Uh, and I was just like, dude, get me on one of these tours. So sure enough, he got me an interview. Um, I showed up to a uh, phone, phone interview. I showed up to it in person. Didn't know that it was a phone interview. <laughs> so here I am on Randolph street in downtown Chicago, walking in with my suit. And the, the gentleman who was interviewing me is like, Hey man, this was a phone interview. And I was like, Oh shoot. Um, but it worked itself out. I ended up getting a job and then I worked for Peter was actually my boss for an entire year from about 2000, I think it was about 2008, 2009 era. Uh, so this is in the middle of the recession as well. So we're traveling around, you know, working for PlayStation three. It's a, it was a 52 foot semi truck that went to different events and it opened up like a transformer wow. and had 25 PS threes on it. And what we did was sit behind a microphone and we ran competitions and tournaments for kids and just like, we demoed brand new video games from PS3. We weren't really gamers. We knew how to work the system. We played a lot mm. of FIFA and we enjoyed, you know, video games, but we weren't like professional gamers by any means. But it was just really, really cool to learn how to uh, manage our truck driver who was, you know, a 40 year old. And then I actually had to manage a truck driver years, uh, the year after I, I took over the position that Peter took over that he led as a manager. So I ended up having to manage a 62 year old truck driver um, there's two other people on my team when I managed it and, uh, just a really cool experience to do that. And then once all that traveling was over is when I decided to, uh, take a little reverse retirement. And in 2000 and 2011, January, 2011, I moved out to St. Croix for six months because we had a college teammate of ours working for an engineering company out on that Island. And, uh, he's like, Hey man, I've got an open bedroom in my apartment. You want to come stay with me? And I was like, sure. So I bought a one way ticket out to St. Croix and lived on the island for six months. And that's when like the whole idea of starting our own business, starting our own gym, starting a CrossFit gym really kind of started to come to fruition at that point. Um, so that's where we're kind of where we're at today. Doesn't sound like a bad hiatus. <laughs> uh, so, so when you guys were managing the semi truck and, and traveling all these places uh, and Jared, I know you said it kind of started on the island, this idea, but, 
it sounds like you guys were pretty on your own where you were in control of kind of what you were doing, hopefully not too much looking over the shoulder. Did it start then at all where it was like, okay, we can manage this. Like we can run something else on our own too and not answer to anyone but ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a huge perspective that again, going back to what I said at the beginning that you can't really teach people. Um, my first year when I got the job, I was, I had a boss as well that was on the road. So it was just like anything. There's like kind of a hierarchy to it all. And it was like they hired a tour um, coordinator and then there was a manager and then there was an in-house manager. And then he had his PlayStation account managers and then there was PlayStation itself. Mm. So it was probably like six steps um, to get to like just to the PlayStation side of things. So to your point, we had a lot of autonomy because we had to make a lot of decisions in the middle of a, airstrip for an air show or pulling into some massive event site you didn't have time to call anyone and make a decision for you sorry i got little kids and they're busting so all good um, so we had to learn a lot of decision making quickly at that time and um when we were on the road if you made the wrong decision no one was looking over your shoulder to tell you right away whereas like in a normal corporate job it could happen real quick so we had a lot of Oh shit, we made the wrong decision. Our truck literally got stuck in like the middle of a cornfield for well, some event. Tell them the New York story. Oh, the New I forgot all about that one. Uh, one time we got a phone call from our truck driver. He was stuck on a no trucks allowed highway because the bridge was too low. And he ended up getting escorted by the police. They had deflated his tires so that he can get underneath the bridge. Jeez. Right? And like wow. our boss didn't hear about that at the point at that time. It would take too long. He was in Chicago or wherever it was and you know, this is 5 a.m. We're trying to get to an event. So bringing it back to your question is like, yeah, th that job taught us so much about making decisions quickly and being 23 to 25 years old at the time and making decisions that had a $3 million semi-truck stuck underneath a bridge in New York. Like <laughs> you had a lot of responsibility and you had to own up to that responsibility. And also they couldn't really fire you quickly because there was so much going on that it allowed us to grow and we didn't feel like we were micromanaged. And so when we, it was time to open a job or open our own entrepreneurship, we knew we could take on more than maybe the average person because we had learned so much in the trenches, in the business trenches. Yeah. Man, deflating tires. <laughs> it's like, yeah, first thing in the morning. Jeez. Um, I think he's grabbing the door. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, so then, you know, going from that job to then going into uh, running our own business is definitely something where, you know, you're, you're willing to take a little bit more risk um, because you have some of the background, some of the learnings, you know, managing people, which, you know, when we first started CrossFit Naptown back in 2011, uh, it was October 2011 when we officially opened our doors. But I mean, it took from, I would say, May uh, June, July, August was really kind of the, the brainstorming of figuring it out. In fact, we were living in Chicago at that time and taking the mega bus from Chicago all the way down to Indianapolis to scope out different locations, you know, to see where our building was going to be. Um, I ended up taking the mega bus down, living on uh, a buddy's couch at the Cosmopolitan here on, you know, Senate Avenue. And then we would just run workouts uh, at uh, Veterans Memorial Park on the canal, just trying to drum up as much guerrilla marketing. Everything we learned from the last three years of, of marketing in, with PlayStation 3, we sort of took that 
and try to drum up as much interest we could, as we could until we had our physical location, um, which we finally were able to sign a lease on and then open up in October, 2011. And then pretty much, you know, open up the doors and hopefully someone walks through them. And we were very lucky that we were able to use some of our networks from living here in Indianapolis, as well as some of that marketing collateral that we did um, during the summer. And it allowed us to, to get started. So awesome. Had you guys always been in that same building in Southern Broad River or did you kind of move around? Like we actually have multiple locations currently. And the one that you're referring to was our third building. Third. Okay. Um, so our original building was downtown near Mass Ave before Mass Ave had its big boom. Yeah. Um, and going back to what Jared said, our first lease was right before the Super Bowl came down to Indianapolis. So there oh. was a lot of hype and there was a big push by the mayor and the city and the state to fill in empty buildings just to make them look um, non populated yeah. <laughs> yeah, before all these uh, tours came into the city for the Super Bowl. So our first lease was a seven month lease. So as an entrepreneur to only have a seven month lease was actually a blessing because it was like, ah, oh, we couldn't really make too many mistakes. Worst case scenario, we we're on the hook for seven months of payments, which wasn't a bad, a bad gig at all. So that it was on Delaware street, um, Delaware and 10th. Yeah. 10th and Delaware right off mass Ave behind Riley towers. Um, and that building too was a lot of you create your own luck type of situation. It had two sides to the building and they were separated. Uh, but both were empty or vacant. So we, we got to only take over one side for the first three years. And as we succeeded in our business, we were able to move into the other side. So we went from 5,000 square feet to 10,000, literally just by busting a hole in the wall. So it was really convenient for us to be able to grow without, again, extra stress. It was still the same landlord. There wasn't a bunch of extra work to do. While that was happening, uh, another location in South Broad Ripple, uh, it was actually a former CrossFit facility called uh, CrossFit. Monon Trail. Um, Monon Trail CrossFit. And they were just looking to sell. Uh, the two owners lived in Brownsburg, and they were just kind of exhausted from the travel from Brownsburg to Broad Ripple area. And we had an opportunity to buy that gym off of them. So we were able to expand our business by buying an existing gym and branding it Naptown Fitness Monon, since it's on the Monon Trail here in Indy. Okay. Um, and then while that was happening, we had an opportunity to buy another building and that's on 10th and Capital. Uh, so we moved to the one on 10th and Capital, but we didn't want to have a third CrossFit gym because I've just been monopolizing ourselves or cannibalizing ourselves. So we, we created two more brands. My wife started running what we call Practice Indie Yoga, mm -hmm. which has grown to be probably the second, if not first biggest yoga brand here in Indianapolis. Wow. And um, we created our own brand called Swift, which is Sweat with Indie for Time. So when we first opened, we were CrossFit Naptown and we were very excited and CrossFit itself has had a tremendous growth, especially from about 2008 to about 2015, their growth trajectory was just insane. And there was a lot of publicity and marketing about CrossFit. But as we were growing and going back to our business mindsets, we knew that wasn't sustainable as just a CrossFit facility. So we started to rebrand and this is where Jared's brain works different than mine. Like he got into the marketing side and really saying like, Hey, we have to focus on some of this stuff to grow for our future. And we can't just be a CrossFit gym. So we created our, changed our brand to Naptown Fitness. Mm. And Naptown Fitness now gives us a much more wider umbrella to, uh, to work under. And that's where we're practicing the yoga. We have Naptown Fitness, Naptown Nutrition, Naptown Kids, Naptown CrossFit. We have a, multiple, a second location. We have a longevity program. 
Um, so really we have a multitude of programs at this point. So we can basically aim ourselves at different target markets throughout the city and call us by that brand mm. rather than saying we're just CrossFit, which can either be a love hate, usually it's a love hate relationship. Like people are like, Oh, CrossFit, that sounds awesome. I could be a badass or, Oh, CrossFit, everybody gets hurt. You shouldn't do CrossFit. So we don't, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. That's the extremes. That's, yeah. that's super smart though. And I'd like to, um, I'm curious what kind of signs in the market did you both see where it's like, okay, uh, was it just super like too saturated with CrossFit gyms where you're like, we need something else to go into this or is it you were growing at such a rate where you needed to add something else? What did, what did the market kind of tell you and what were the signs that you guys saw for that? Yeah, it was a few of those things. Um, <laughs> you know, I think the, the impetus to start our, our bootcamp class and you know, it was funny cause when we first opened up Swift, uh, the whole idea was like, whatever we do, don't call a bootcamp. And now like our brains have completely flipped. We're just like, that's what people, that's what resonates with people. It is truly a bootcamp class. It's 45 minutes long. It's body weight only. Uh, we do use some kettlebells and dumbbells, but it's not like that heavy CrossFit Olympic lifting or power lifting. We get rid of all that. So a few things that happened for us was, um, we just realized that there's a new product that we needed to differentiate ourselves. So, you know, we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves with just being CrossFit. So the idea with Swift was a, it's a little bit shorter of a class. It's 45 minutes. Um, it's less intimidating because it's body weight and you know, you can, it's easily to, uh, it's more easily accessible for people, less intimidating. And then, um, three, it was just cost factor. Like CrossFit's pretty expensive because it's a one hour class. Our coaches are, you know, there to critique every single person they're, they're one of our rules is I have to say every single member's name at least three times in every class, because it's mm. all about, you know, uh, that connection with people and making sure they're moving correctly. And not to say that we don't do that in our Swift class, but we wanted something that was a little bit, a uh, little bit more affordable so we can get more people through the door and help change more lives, which is truly what we've been able to do with our Swift program, which has been amazing. Um, and what's been really neat that I don't think even Peter nor I saw previously to us creating this, this new business model with Swift was the fact that a lot of people are joining us through Swift and then they're like, Ooh, I want a little bit more. I want to take the next step. So what do they do? They then bump themselves up to our CrossFit membership and then they do start doing CrossFit. And we see that, um, that transition happen quite a bit, which is really neat to see that. So, you know, within the market at that time, probably back in 2015, you started to see a lot of this, uh, CrossFit light type workouts. Mm. And for us, it was just like, we needed to get away from that CrossFit branding and, and just for that, that bootcamp specific piece. And, and it was more of this transition of making CrossFit a program and not CrossFit a business, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so within that, the whole rebranding of Naptown Fitness, as Peter talked about was super, that was probably one of our, our most pivotal, um, changes within our business development evolution is going to Naptown Fitness and then having CrossFit as a program or a brand underneath that along with the other six or seven essentially businesses that we have within that, that, uh, that umbrella as well. And moving forward, um, which we're, I'm really excited about, you know, from that marketing side is we're, we're more than fitness now. And, you know, having the name Naptown Fitness sort of, again, pigeonholes ourselves to where people see us and the first thing they, they think is about fitness where we have, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one training, we have a, a nutrition program that's crushing it. So like, we want to make sure people understand we're, you know, whether that's Naptown health, Naptown wellness, you know, just call ourselves Naptown and people mm -hmm. start to associate that brand with fitness, wellness, and health and, and, and mindfulness. So those are the things we're kind of working on for the future. I'm really excited about. That's awesome. 
So have you guys seen also the reverse switch where you've seen your heavy CrossFitters start to do a lot more yoga too? Have you seen Absolutely, that kind of transition? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we definitely take the whole thing. So we have about 14 full-time staff members or at least people that we would say depend on us for their paycheck and no other source of income. Mm-hmm. And then there's about five or six people that depend on us for most of their income, uh, do some things on the side. So that's about 20 people. But then there's actually 44 total staff members between all of our yoga teachers, CrossFit coaches, personal trainers, and, and nutrition coaches. Um, so when we look at what we offer from everything we just talked about is NapTown or NapTown Health and Fitness, then we talk about our customer life cycle and we call it exactly that, a life cycle or a journey. So one of our goals is that anybody, depending wherever they enter our uh, business at, could stay in the NapTown community throughout this life cycle. Meaning maybe they come in as a CrossFitter and they're like, I just want to be a badass. I just want to throw some weight around and be as strong as I could possibly be. Three, four years later, they either have kids or injuries or life just takes a different turn. And they're like, okay, I still want to be as fit as I can, but back squatting 450 pounds is not my goal anymore. And it's like, oh, great. You can just do yoga and kind of repair your body a little bit. And then they, they go back and do yoga. And then after that, they're like, you know what? I just need to do some high intensity cardio. Great. Go do our Swift and our boot camp class for a while. And then finally, they're like, okay, I think I'm ready for CrossFit, but I'm going to take a different approach at this time. I'm not going to try to be in the CrossFit games. I'm just going to be able to be the best dad I can be. And I think CrossFit will do that for me or best mom I can be, right? So this customer life cycle can be a circle, but it can also be this little zigzag around our um, opportunities in our, in our business. And so absolutely, we see a lot of sharing of people trying different things yeah. as they go through us, go through our programs. And that's cool that you can offer almost kind of like a one-stop shop where it's like, right. oh, yeah. I want to dabble in yoga, but I don't want to pay you know, like $89 a month at Hot Room or whatever it may be. So it's nice you can kind of, Crossfeed that too. Absolutely. Oh, and then, one, oh, go oh, ahead. Oh, you're good. Um, and one thing I wanted to ask is as you guys went into these different brands, I'm sure a big challenge was making sure that your umbrella brand of Naptown Fitness remained consistent in the different areas. So, what I mean, what were the biggest challenges that you guys had to address to make sure that your brand didn't get lost along the way as you pivoted into these different areas? Like, what were some of the key? things that you had to do. To I'll let Jared build on it entirety in a moment, but strategy was the biggest thing. And the first part of our strategy was him and I really differentiating who's in charge of what. So at the very beginning of us opening all this stuff before we ever knew what we would be, um, there's a couple of great books out there, but the one particular is E-Myth, which is kind of holding its um, timeliness. And they say to take an org chart and make it as big and as expansive as you can be and put your names in every single thing, literally from cleaning a toilet to um, paying a bill to CEO. Like it's our two names, Jared and Peter, Jared and Peter. So as we started to differentiate and grow from Cross Naptown to this much bigger brand, Jared and I had to make a firmer decision. And right now we currently sit as me as the CFO. And I really focus on the financials and uh, technically the COO, so the operations and finances of me. And we kind of elevated him more to the marketing and the CMO and CEO roles. Um, And they're pretty true. Now we're looking to also expand that currently, but Jared has worked really diligently as like that CEO over the last year of reorganizing our org chart and filling in the strategy to make sure that we were focusing on the marketing side. And I'll let him talk about like what his brain thought, because I'm always like, 
hey, you can't spend that money. And then the next day he's asking you to spend different money. And I'm like, no, you can't spend that money. And then he asked me again. But it really is a good back and forth because I am a black and white finances and number. And he has that growth mindset that we have to, going back to Tim's question about strategy and staying focused on who Naptown is, that's where Jared comes in. Yeah, I would say one of the, the biggest things that's helped us kind of create who we are and kept things consistent is just uh, is the culture, right? And making sure that we're leading by example. Uh, we're creating, creating the vision of what it's, what it's going to look like um, for the future. And as Peter mentioned, that's, that's where I get, you know, I enjoy is the like, what is this going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. And something we did recently is we sat down as a leadership team and kind of came up with our new vision of Naptown, uh, Naptown as a whole. And our goal is to make Indianapolis a top 10 healthy fit city uh, in, in the U.S. And, you know, I'm sure you guys are probably familiar. We sit at maybe 42nd, 46th, 48th on like the big cities. And so we, so we make the top 50, but we're nowhere near the top 10. And uh, so it's a goal of ours. We know we can't do it on our own as, as Naptown as a business. So we're looking to in the next two, three, four, five years, partner with, with as many organizations, with the city, as many people as we can to help reach as many people as we can. And um, one of the cool things, you know, not that this worldwide pandemic is cool, but one of the interesting things that has come, come of this is the virtual platform and the virtual training. And what, we, what we've realized is we could reach a lot more people via this virtual platform using Zoom and uh, the internet to connect with a lot of people, doing public classes, doing public seminars, educating people, um, just having an opportunity to reach a handful of people that we couldn't reach otherwise. And it's been really, really neat to see that. Um, and uh, the other point I want to make was just being able to lead those individuals that are our staff. And, you know, one of the, I think one of the most challenging things we've had to deal with through the last nine years is just being able to, to manage people as a whole um, and learning that. Like when we first started, it was just him and I coaching classes. And now it's, managing 44 people, as Peter mentioned. And every single person has different things going on in their lives that you don't know are going on. So the way they react, the way they feel that day, the way their emotions are, we got to sort of be those therapists to kind of figure out like, well, what's going on and how can we push you forward? Yeah, Jared, those are, those are both excellent points because it's important that like everyone is their own like CEO of themselves. They always have like goals and and things that they want to achieve themselves and how you can kind of tap into that is crucial, like not only for your business, but for your customer, customer base. And then you also made another great point about the pandemic and how the virtual stuff, because I run the marketing for a multifamily housing company that like rents out apartment apartments. And because of the pandemic, we give like virtual FaceTime tours of the places now. And we were never doing that yeah. before because we were doing it in person, but like, after this pandemic is over, it's going to be one of those things where we can't go back to what we were doing before. Like we have to do this all the time now. So I'm yeah. sure that'll be exciting for you guys as you do like virtual classes and different stuff like that. Yeah. Even more. Totally. So, so as, uh, were the vi virtual classes something you guys were planning on doing regardless? Was it just expedited or was it kind of a back thought and it had to be pushed to the front uh, due to the whole coronavirus thing? How you guys been handling that? And was that on the radar yet? I don't want to say we were like actively thinking about it, but it was something we were aware of in the market. Um, and it definitely got expedited to the front because of, of the situation. Uh, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I 
we have been learned one of the biggest pieces of advice that we've learned and I could give to anybody else is have a phenomenal mentor team or mentor in your life if you're going to be an entrepreneur and we didn't necessarily we had some great people that we looked up to in the, the first few years but we didn't have anyone that you actually call your mentor and I definitely would be the last person to actually say this because I'm financial but like paying someone to be your mentor I actually think is a really good idea because they have a different sense of ownership. So our first few years, we had just, again, great leaders in our life that we looked up to. But as we got further on with our business, we started some actual paid for mentorship programs. And because of that, we're in a really great program right now called Two Brain Business. And so when COVID came in and hit us kind of blindsided as fast as it did, I should say, Two Brain was putting together game plans for gyms to move online we'll use that term again at an exponentially fast rate to the point that by the second, about the 10th day that we were kind of in the true COVID era, they already had an entire online game plan for how to take your entire gym online. And so we were ready. We had the staff, thank God. And our staff has been the most integral part of our success. Currently we wouldn't be here without them, but Jared and I had the knowledge to, to get from two brain and pass on to our staff. And so no, we weren't thinking of it, but we had insight on how to make it all happen as soon as it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because we, we had talked about, you know, the next evolution of fitness and training and being able to scale our business as a whole, because we're an in-person, you know, coach class facility, but we've talked in the past about building out our own app or doing some sort of online coaching, but we never really had the time, the bandwidth to do it. So if there's anything this has done for many businesses is giving you the freedom and, and, and kind of pushed you to make some of these decisions that you otherwise wouldn't have time or wanted to do. Um, so we, it's been really cool to be, be where we're at now with this virtual training business. Yeah, that's, uh, it's crazy how fast that we had to move. Um, yep. I know who I worked for, he just weren't prepared. We weren't prepared. So, um, you know, that has its own disruptions, but it seems like you guys, you know, and Peter, you made the good point of having a paid mentorship. You just have skin in the game at that point, yeah. which is nice. It adds a little something because I've, I've had clients in the past where I do this for free or that for free and it, they don't do it. Right. So, uh, mentorship is something Tim and I talk a lot about and, um, something I need to get more involved in, but, uh, what would you say was one of the biggest things that two brain did for you guys specifically moving to online? That was like, wow, that we wouldn't have thought of that. Like, thank God for them. Like that was a golden ticket. So there's gyms within a two brain community all across the world. And this was happening in China in December and January. And so two brain has two brain gyms that are in China that are in, in Italy. So they were getting information from them. Oh, wow. So we were almost a month or two ahead of the curve in a sense of understanding what we were going to get to and, and what we needed to do. So when the gym shut down in China, it's like, this is how the gym shut down. This is what we're doing to keep our membership, to keep our retention, to keep our business afloat. So when it started to slowly get into the U S and city by city by city started to slowly shut down and shelter in place orders were putting in place. And it's like, you can't go to your business. You have to, you know, run a virtual platform. Two brain was already there with, with game plan. As Peter had mentioned, like having an online training system to say like, Hey, this is how you take your gym to an online training gym mm -hmm. within a 24 hour period. Here you go. And pretty much hand it to you. And so we actually received information uh, early this week, or maybe it was late last week that the gym, that shut down in China, shut down, mandatory shutdown on January 25th. 
and they just reopened, I think, was it Monday or was it last Monday, Peter? Um, anyways, it was, it was about a seven week process, eight week process from them from the day they shut down to when they opened back up. Okay. So now we kind of know like, all right, well, we've got eight weeks essentially from the very first day that we went online to make our business work and let's make this an eight week business and let's do it. Yeah. And that particular gym in China was only able to open with like five members at a time and they have like certain guidelines already. So we're like, okay, so when we do get back open, right? It's, it's a new normal. And we're already thinking, well, it's, we're not going to go back on a, on a Monday and be like, here's our full schedule. Like mm -hmm. we've already seen this as proof from other countries. So not only did we prepare for the epidemic when it happened, but when businesses get to come out, there's not going to be this, I don't, I'm not planning on a glorious day of sunshine and rainbows and just everything back to normal, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be a, okay, you can have five to 10 people in your classes for a few weeks when we're used to having up to 30 members in a class. So it's going to be, again, it's going to be kind of coming out of it in the opposite side as well. So Jared and I as owners, and I think any owner listening to this, like we have to prepare for what does it look like when we get to come out yeah. and you know, we're not going to be able to hire every staff and have, we as Naptown offered 128 classes a week. Wow. That's more than there are hours in a week. There's 100, 128 classes. We're not going to have that in the first two weeks when we reopen. It just doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. So, but we're already thinking about that and we don't even know when we're going to be reopened. So are other owners and not just in fitness, but other owners thinking about what does it look like when you get to reopen? Like hopefully they are. And that's what two brains teaching us, right? We're thinking about yeah. those things way ahead of the scale. By the way, there's 168 hours in a week, so we don't actually have <laughs> more classes. Hey, it sounded hours. good, man. We'll leave. I know. It sounded I really nice. Fact checked. Fact checked. Fact checked. <laughs> Fact checked like, right? Damn, well, I, I'm another way good, slow. Another <laughs> good point. Another good point of Peter's is like, we've also had the opportunity now to take time to, to audit our own business and to kind of find different areas where it's like, we're spending too much money on this, on X, and we didn't even realize it. And the same thing was like, maybe we don't need to open up with 126 classes. Maybe we do a really hard audit and find out like, well, this class only had two people in it on average. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's, it's a lot of the areas where we've sort of just let things slide and not really realized it. Um, as well as found opportunities where it's like, oh my gosh, employee X is crushing it. Like we need to find op other opportunities for this person. So it's been really neat for us to take a, you know, a backseat essentially to see what's going on. Um, and then again, make our be business better moving out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Which is smart. Kind of go back to that 80, 20, what's giving you the most return for, totally. for the work done. Um, Absolutely. and I unfortunately just got our five minute thing a couple minutes ago. So we got like three minutes left. We have the, we're still on the first version of zoom. So it's going to cut <laughs> us off, but um, we do like to ask a final question, but anything else you guys want to add in the last few minutes here before we do so kind of wrap things up. I just want to say thank you guys. I love what you guys are doing. I love the mission of your podcast. And I think that this is, this is what our demographic needs. So thank you guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we appreciate you guys, man. We, we know you got families and, your own business to run, but uh, we always like to just chop it up with, with new people that we haven't talked to and we learn all the time. So that's kind of our thing. We like to just stay curious, but uh, Tim, anything else before we ask our final question for these guys? Um, I know we only have two and a half minutes left, but I mean, you can group this into the, your final question that okay. you would ask. Um, I also want to know, like you guys have, I'll just go ahead and ask it too. Yeah. Uh, you guys have improved the lives of many different people. Um, so I guess one thing I wanted to ask is how have you guys become better men for your families and as like better people through owning this business? 
And then the second part of the question is, how do you want to be remembered uh, when you're gone from this earth? Like, what is the impact you want to leave? I'll try to answer as quick as I can, but I've become a better person through patience. Uh, when we first opened, we wouldn't sleep. You'd stay up for 48 and 24 hours, 48 hours straight just to get everything done. And now I'm, I have two kids, a four-year-old and a, almost two-year-old and my wife and patience is big, the biggest thing. And I'm, I will always choose, and Jared's learned this too as a young child now, I'll choose family over work. And that used to be a hard decision, but now it's a no-brainer. So that's like the biggest thing because my family will be here. We don't know when the gym might have to close down because of what we're doing. Um, we want to be remembered by people that helped change the city. And it doesn't have to be a huge impact, but we want to provide for as many people as possible. And it's not always going to be through free memberships. It might be through education or just opportunities. So those are the big things for me. Cool. Yeah, I think for me, coming back down to our vision statement, um, our vision, our legacy is to make Indianapolis a top 10 healthy fit city. It's like, why can, why does Madison, Wisconsin, Boulder, Colorado, all these like landlocked areas, um, although I guess Wisconsin has a bunch of lakes, uh, they're in the top 10, but why can't we be the top 10? You know, we have the White River, we have greenways, we have uh, different trails, uh, we have a nice climate, like, so we can, we can certainly do that. So that's, that's going to be a legacy of mine is, you know, hopefully being remembered as someone that spearheaded the movement for Indianapolis to be a, a, a fit, healthy, healthy place to be, um, and which will only add value to our city and allow our city to grow. Um, and then personally, as Peter mentioned, yeah, it's, it's I mean, becoming a, a dad, having a 10 month, 10 month old daughter, it's created a lot of patience. It's created, it's really opened up the, uh, my eyes to what priorities are truly in life, especially this pandemic. I mean, right away it was, First thing was like, all right, well, how do, how do I provide for my family? How do my wife and I communicate to make sure we're taking care of our daughter? And then we talked about business and then the business came next. And then how do we take care of our staff and help serve others? Um, so that's been a really big uh, piece to it all.